Hi, this is Terry Dismore, and you're listening to the Quiz the Diz podcast. Terry brings years of experience in consulting, management, leadership, and life. In this podcast, Terry answers questions about these topics, bringing wisdom from a kingdom perspective. Our website is quizthediz.com. Now here's the Diz. So last week we talked about conflict, and I used Gary Smalley's rules of engagement as the way that you should handle conflict. Last week it was about don'ts. Don't bury the problem. Don't bury the pain. Don't let confrontation degenerate into an attack on the other person's character. Don't use inflammatory remarks or sarcasm or name-calling. Don't generalize. Don't exaggerate. Don't enter a conflict with condescension or the attitude of a know-it-all. Don't let conflict broaden to other issues. Don't use ultimatums or threats. That's a really bad idea. Don't use disrespectful body language or demeaning nonverbal communication. Don't interrupt. Don't raise your voice and never walk away, withdraw, or hang up the phone. So those are all things you're not supposed to do. And I said, this week, we're going to talk about the do's, the things that you should do in a conflict. Now, first of all, the first thing you should do about having a conflict is have one. So when we have disagreements and we ignore them, they're bad for us. They tend to fester inside of us. And we'll make them into a great big thing before somebody goes, why are you making this into such a big thing? All I said was I liked your pants. I mean, you know, it's that's simple, but that's the truth. We get into these huge, our mind just goes racing. I call it the hangnail principle. Want to hear that? Yeah, here it is. So you get a hangnail, you think, oh man, that hurts. That could get infected. I could get gangrene. My arm could fall off. I could die. Well, that we go that way. Now, we don't go the other way, which is the penny principle. There's, there's a penny on the street. I'm going to pick that up. I could find a dime tomorrow or a quarter. I might find a $50 bill. This Somebody might have left a satchel with $100,000 sitting on their porch waiting for me to come get it. It's kind of the, the opposite way. You know what I'm saying? It's a similar slope. But we allow conflict to really build up in our minds. The best thing to do is get to it, get to it quickly, okay? So first of all, if you're emotional already in a conflict, stop. Just take a time out. Just stop for a minute. Wait until you're calm before you engage in a confrontation. And I know I've done it. I've gotten angry about something and slammed my hands down and walked down the hall and gritted my teeth. And then I thought, boy... I'd better calm down because first of all, it ain't worth it. It's not worth it to cause what could be irreparable personal damage between a husband and a wife or between business partners because I didn't wait just a minute. Secondly, prepare for the confrontation before you engage in it. So what we often do, now this sounds contradictory because I said don't let it fester. That's right, don't let it fester. But do prepare for it. Don't shoot from the hip. Okay, if you simply want to resolve a current problem, well, that's one thing. If you want to stop a behavior pattern or to attempt to replace a destructive behavior pattern, that's going to take longer. Do you want to correct somebody? Do you want to encourage them or do you want to punish them? Gary Smalley writes this, you should want the confrontation to accomplish a specific goal, not just inflame an already bad situation. So write down the goal if you have time, determine how to begin the confrontation 
in the least inflammatory way. Now, I've had to confront people before, and of course you can use, what is it, the Dale Carnegie principle of a sandwich, that you compliment them, then you correct them, then you compliment them again. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, It's kind of so overused now, people know when you give them a compliment, you're about to slam them. Well, if if they know that you're about to slam them when you give them a compliment, that means that you always slam them when you give them a compliment. Occasionally, it's okay to just say, hey, nice job, and just leave it at that. I really enjoyed that. You did a great job. Just leave it at that. But the sandwich principle has been used so much, it's like, you know, you did a great job on that, except for mispronouncing the president's name, and then you come back <laughs> come back with another compliment, and your hair looks nice today, too. Don't be so obvious, okay? If if your intent is to give criticism, use that sandwich method. If you just want to correct somebody, you don't always have to do that. And if you want to encourage them, you don't have to do it at all. You need to want your confrontation to accomplish a specific goal, okay? Determine how to begin that confrontation in the least inflammatory way, like I said. Now, you can use as many encouraging and positive statements as you can in the context around any issue you're trying to address or resolve. You don't want to tear somebody else down. What benefit is that? What benefit is it to tear somebody else down? I've had people come to me wanting to tear somebody else down. Here's what I ask them. Have you gone to them? Have you talked to them yet? And nine times out of ten, they'd be like, no. Well, if you haven't talked to them, what are you talking to me about them for? And I know the reason. They think I have influence, so they don't have to talk to them. You know, when I want to find somebody that I know is going to grow as a leader, I will watch and see how they handle conflict. If they come to me and ask for advice, that's one thing. But if they come to me griping, that's another. Because when somebody comes to me griping, it means they don't have a solution. And now there are times when I'll take somebody in and go, okay, now what I'm hearing is griping. Is that what you mean? No, not really. What I wanted to do is some advice on how to handle this conflict. And I've had conflict with people that are above me, too. And it's not wrong for an underling to go and confront somebody that he he or she serves under. But it is always wrong to go and confront them with an attitude. So don't do that. That's another one of those don'ts I mentioned last week. What you do want to do is go in as uh, the person that you are. What position are you in? I always look at myself, even when I've been a general manager of a radio station, as the least person at the radio station. Now, I have to enforce that sometimes. For instance, when I started at one radio station, I had a parking spot that was right by the door. There was a sign there, general manager parking only. Well, I asked the handyman that worked there at the station, I said, would you pull that out and throw it in the lake? He's like, why? And I said, because I ought to park the farthest from the door. Everybody else should come before me. It's kind of that servant leadership principle, you know? So, again, one of the things in Gary Smalley's Rules of Engagement is to use as many encouraging and positive statements as you can in that context surrounding the issue you're trying to address or resolve. Be willing to offer and accept a progressive resolution of the problem or issue. In other words, don't expect resolution instantly. Sometimes it takes a little time. And we've seen that in our personal lives. You know how it is. You're like, well, I want to go on. I want to lose 50 pounds. Okay. All right. So do it. Well, wait a minute. You can't lose 50 pounds overnight. I I mean, I don't think you can. Uh, If it's possible, somebody call me. I'll give you my number. But I don't think it's possible. I think it takes time to get to that point. Now, as you get closer and closer to that point, it doesn't get easier, but it gets more apparent. Uh, 
So as somebody is trying to resolve a conflict, then you'll know it, or you'll know whether they just want to hold on to it. Some people love to hold on to conflict. Why? Because they think that holds something over your head. It doesn't. It holds something over their head, and that's not good. Ask for advice on what you can do to help resolve the problem. Now, that's amazing. You think about that. When I'm in the middle of a conflict with my wife, I will often stop and say, wait a minute, what do you think we ought to do? Now, why didn't I ask that earlier? I don't know, but that's an important thing to ask. What do you think we ought to do? Ask for advice. It not only shows humility on your part, it shows a sincere willingness to take responsibility for any contribution your actions have made to the problem. So shows you want to attack the problem as a team. You don't want to solve everything on your own. If you find yourself wanting to do everything on your own, you need to check that ego at the door, mister. I'm going to tell you that right now because it's not all about you. As a matter of fact, when it is all about you, it's a big problem. Even Elon Musk, who has a huge ego, I'm sure, knows that he can't run the battery factory. Okay, or, or, or the Tesla factory. He can't. He knows he needs experienced people to work with him. So you know there's conflict there. But he even will check his ego at the door when it's like, well, I don't know how to do that. And I'm sure there are things that he would say, I don't know how to do. A couple of more things. If the person attacks you when you are engaged with them, do not retaliate. Now, that's kind of against human nature. When somebody attacks you, you want to attack back. Uh, read Facebook someday. Oosh. I'm telling you, people attack just for the sport of attacking other people. Don't retaliate. Ask them this question. What else do I do that offends you? That'll usually catch people so off guard that they'll be like, uh, I, 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 well, nothing. I'm not offended. I'm just mad. Oh, okay. Now we can get to the root of the conflict. And assure them that you know you've got weaknesses you need to work on. All right? So if the person attacks you, don't retaliate. Finally, when possible, reassure the person of your ongoing commitment to them and your desire to strengthen and build the relationship. Whether it's in a business situation where we have relationships just like we do in a marriage or just like we do in a family. You know how it is when you talk to your kids and you're condescending to them? They don't react very well, and they'll be condescending back to you. Do you know where kids learn to be condescending? Usually at home. Not always, but usually at home, because mom and dad think it's a stupid question. Now, Nay and I used to teach senior high Sunday school. As a matter of fact, we taught senior high Sunday school for 13 years, and this is how we operated. You can ask any question you want. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, we don't care. We're going to answer it from the Bible. Only two rules. Always bring a question. And second, if you laugh at somebody because you think their question is stupid, you get to crack open the Bible and answer it yourself. So we didn't have that happen very often. But the reason we did that is because we knew if we would train teenagers that they're welcome to ask a question, any question they want of God, and he will take the time to answer, that it would give them a leg up in life. Because a lot of times we're taught, don't ask that question. How could you ask such a stupid question? Ask it. It's not wrong. Reassure that person of your ongoing commitment to them, your desire to strengthen and build a relationship, and you'll find that conflict actually works for you. You don't want to go seeking it out. It's not something that you want to constantly engage in, but it is something that you will find works for you.
I've been reading from Gary Smalley's Rules of Engagement, and I have posted the link in the show description. Finally, I want to take this last couple of weeks talking about conflict, and I want to wrap it up in a biblical perspective, okay? Jesus talks about conflict in Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 17. And what Jesus says here, and the way I see it is, conflict is not only necessary, it can be good. All right, let me read what he says. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you've won them over. If they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. Now, that's an actually a verse that comes earlier in the Bible in Deuteronomy 19.15. Finally, Jesus says, if they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. If they refuse to listen even to the church. Treat them even as you would a pagan or tax collector. Now, let me explain what that means. First of all, what Jesus is saying here is not don't have conflict. He's saying if you're going to have conflict, do it in the proper order. Here's the proper order. Go to the person first. Don't go gossiping about it to a bunch of other people. Don't go griping to your boss. Don't go griping. Go and try to resolve the conflict between the two of you first. Now, here's why that's important. First of all, Jesus says it because it's in red, and it's the right thing to do. Just go to them. Nine times out of ten, that'll solve it. If if they listen to you, you've won them over. It's what he says. If they won't listen, take one or two others along also so that others can hear the complaint that you have with your friend or your coworker. Now, if that doesn't work, take them in front of the church. Now, in some cases, the church might be uh, your business, your office. But you never go in front of a bunch of people and gossip about that person. You always do it in the proper order. That's why I said earlier in this podcast, it might have been last week's podcast, I said, I do not take somebody that walks up to me and says, I've got a problem with so-and-so, and listen to them. It will be, have you talked to them? We've had people that have come to us and want to talk about our pastors at church who we dearly love. And we do. We don't think that they're faultless or walk on water or anything like that. But we respect and honor that position. So I don't go, well, what do you think? What do you think? I'm always like, have you talked to them about it? We had a group of people many years ago leave our church or about, I don't know, must have been 100 people left. And we knew a lot of them, most of them and uh, even visited a church they were setting up just to see what they were up to. And uh, so when they would come to us, are, are, you, are you coming over with us? And we're like, nope, oh, why not? Well, we don't find you credible. We don't find this credible because you've left the church without going and talking to the pastor, who apparently you're offended with. So again, Jesus says, go to him. So conflict is not wrong. As a matter of fact, if you look a little later on, uh, Jesus and Peter had conflict in the Garden uh, of Gethsemane when uh, the night before the crucifixion, they had conflict. And they also had restoration a little later on. So conflict's not sinful. It's not wrong. It just has to be handled right. So I hope this answers some of the questions that you have about conflict. I know it's tough. If you have any other questions, call me, 614-382-2582 is the number. You can leave me a message, or you can email me at terry at quizthatis.com. Hey, do me a favor and subscribe to the podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, wherever your podcasts are sold. Share the podcast, tell a friend about it, and rate and review the podcast, and I will talk to you with your questions next week. 
The Quiz the Diz podcast is produced by Prosper Leadership. Our website is quizthediz.com or you can reach us at 614-382-2582. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe and let your friends know about Quiz the Diz. Quiz the Diz.